You're listening to the Law Careers Net podcast, a monthly podcast designed to give you everything you need to know about becoming a lawyer. Hello and welcome back to the Law Careers Net podcast sponsored by the University of Law. We've got another fantastic episode for you today in which I speak to two trainee solicitors from Brighton and Hove City Council about their training contracts in local government. They share their experiences and thoughts on what it's like to train in-house at a local council and how this route differs from entering into private practice. It's a nice in-depth chat, so I'll get straight into it. I hope you enjoy. I'm excited to be sitting down today to record the Law Quiz Net podcast with Eco and Beth. Thank you very much for coming on. We're excited to have you on today. Would you like to start by introducing yourselves? Eco, do you want to go first? I'm Eco. I am currently a trainee solicitor at Brighton and Hove Council. We actually started on the same day, so uh, we've been at the council for about seven months now. And I'm currently in my first seat, which is adult social care, or sometimes known as community care. Hi, I'm Beth. I am also at Brighton Hosted Council with ECO. We're in the same team, so the social and education services team. And I'm currently in my first seat, if you like, in the education department, soon to be moving into other areas. So I'm excited to talk to you both today about your kind of careers so far and training in-house and local government. I think it's going to be a really interesting episode, but I think it'd be great to start if you could summarise, you know, why you decided to pursue a career in law and perhaps your kind of journey so far. So Ike, if you want to go first again. Yeah, I studied three-year law degree at Swansea University. It was a great time for me. I really enjoyed the course. I found it very sort of intellectually stimulating and made some great friends there. If you're asking why I decided to pursue a career in law, I think sort of amongst all of my friends and family, I've always been known as sort of like the negotiator, the problem solver, you know, I'm always a bit of the me- like mediation every time there's an argument or something. And so I-, I just thought it was kind of like a natural progression into a career in law. I really do enjoy having a client department. I like that they sort of come- bring their problems to me. And I think the great thing about law is that you've got that framework to support them and answer their query. So I, I think for me, that's that's the main reason why I, I decided to go into law, because I thought, you know, I can use all of my skills of negotiation, mediation, problem solving, and I get to do that every single day. So, yeah. So I also did the three-year LLB at Bristol University. And yeah, I had a great time. It was a very rigorous degree at Bristol. And I knew that from the get-go. I did have a great time. As well as eco, I felt extremely intellectually stimulated. So I think the reason that I decided to pursue a career in law was Prior to my degree, I think the first work experience I ever did was a week in the local Crown Court, and I absolutely loved it. There was just something in me that knew that that was the sort of thing I wanted to do. A lot of my skills in communication and writing really matched that type of career. So once I'd done my degree and I tried out several different jobs in law, it made me realise that really is what I wanted to do. And I think that's something I'd really advise is to try and get a lot of different experiences, whether that's paralegaling or it's volunteering in different law centres or whatever it is that's really what informed me to pursue a career in law ultimately. And how did you come to decide to train in local government? Yeah so for me it was a bit of a unique experience so I was working in private practice last year after my LPC LLM and I was in litigation which I knew I really enjoyed. I was offered two training contracts I was offered one in local government and I was also offered one in private practice at the firm that I was working for and for me it was really difficult it was a very hard decision because 
as many people might know, private practice and local government are completely different career choices when it comes to law. I had a really difficult decision to make. I spent some time really considering it. There are really different reasons why you might want to pursue a career in private practice or local government. So I spent some time speaking to people in the industries. Ultimately, I chose local government. It did feel like a little bit of a leap of faith because there's not a lot of information out there for local government compared to private practice. But I think for me, it was the support that they offer. It's the benefits that you get. It's the fulfillment in the work that you're doing in your career. And it's the niche areas of law that you get to do. For example, now I'm doing education law, which is just a very interesting, very in-depth, very meaty area of law. And that was really what informed my decision. And in addition to that, I think as well, you get some fantastic advocacy experience, which was something that I really wanted to do. So for me, those were the reasons that I decided local government. And you said there are some kind of clear differences between working in private practice and in-house. So I'm hoping today we can kind of unpick some of those a bit more because I think for students, often private practice is perhaps the only route that they think of. I'm yeah, really glad to have you here to kind of share your experiences. And Eco, for you coming into trained in local government, how did that kind of decision work for you? I kind of fell into it, actually. I always say that whenever anyone asks, I actually fell into it. So after I did my law degree, I sort of thought, right, I need to get some legal experience, get my first legal job. So I actually applied to Southampton City Council and was lucky enough to get a job there as a bundle clerk. And for me, that was the first experience of children law. So care proceedings and social services involvement. And it just opened my eyes, obviously, to this completely new area of law that I prior to that, I didn't even know existed. I found that that was so interesting and so challenging. Obviously, it's an extremely emotive and high pressured environment. So after being the bundle clerk for 12 months, I moved on to being a full legal assistant or involved role in proceedings and was able to do sort of my own advocacy and things like that. And I've sort of I've worked for one other local authority. So I sort of came in in that way. I didn't really have career plan to, to go into local government. It just happened. And I'm very glad that it did. <laughs> and I'm interested to hear how your training contracts are kind of working and the kind of seats that you're sitting in. You did explain at the beginning, but perhaps Eko, you could go first and explain what seats you've done and how the training contracts work where you are. So I think a good thing about working in local government is that, well, I suppose speaking for our, just purely for my own authority where I am now, is that actually all of the legal team sort of sits in, in one office. So although I'm in adult social care at the moment, and that's my first seat, I'll be moving to education next. You are exposed to all the different teams, so commercial, contracts, employment, housing, and subject to obviously our supervisor's needs, we're able to express an interest in things and say, you know what, I'm really interested to learn a bit more about employment law. You know, is there any way that I could potentially shadow someone or pick up some work? So I think that, my, you know, I'm really enjoying my training contract. It's very challenging, but it's also extremely flexible. I think there's, you know, my supervisor's got a vested interest in making sure not only that I'm obviously fulfilling the obligations of the SRA, but also trying and being exposed to things that I'm that are of interest to me. It definitely sounds like it's a lot more flexible than some kind of law firms, kind of very formal seat rotations. Would you say that's right? I think that's true. And just, you know, from experience of what other friends have told me that are in private practice, and in fact, hearing from some of, you know, the more senior lawyers within the office, I do think that local government is good in the sense that we've seen people are able to move around. And I don't think you necessarily get punished for that. Whereas I think in private practice, they like you to sort of specialise and specialise early, and you are expected to sort of 
stay stay in that lane so to speak but I haven't found that to be the case at all in local government and that's something I'm really grateful for. And Beth what about you and how have you found that flexibility of training and what sort of departments have you worked in so far? Yeah I think that's actually one of my favourite things about this training contract. I think you know from a personal perspective I'm gaining so much from the flexible approach they're applying. I think it's something that actually I to be honest I wasn't really aware before I started this training contract that there is now more flexibility in the training contract route in the sense that a lot of training contracts in private practice have that traditional seat rotation route but the SRA now does just say that you can have that experience in various areas so long as you do the contentious and non-contentious work. For me I think it's fantastic because we've been able to sit down with our supervisor and explore what areas we would like to do next, what areas link in with what we're doing now. So for example if you know doing education I was speaking to a contracts lawyer who said actually it'd be really great if you could do some work in contracts and then you can see the contract side of the education work you're doing and then when you go to adult you can explore this element, you could do some inquest work and you can continue those cases on as well as you progress throughout your training contract whereas actually a lot of people I've spoken to in private practice have to drop those cases to move on to the next seat and for me I think you get a real sense of fulfillment and a real learning opportunity by being able to just continue that on so I think it's a fantastic way of approaching the training contract and while we can only speak for our provider I think it's something that local government is really able to facilitate. It sounds like you might get a kind of a more holistic view of how things work rather than having to just, you know, you're in this seat so you can only do this part of a deal or a case or whatever. For you guys, you can kind of follow things through, as you said, and get to see kind of how all the wheels move in order to make things work, which sounds like it it would be really useful as an overall view of things. I think that's true. And actually, I think as a lawyer, you need to be holistic in the way you're thinking, because when you're advising clients, you aren't just advising them on one little pigeonholed area of law, you are having to, you know, stretch across law. For example, in some of the education cases I've been doing, it's touched on, I need to do, I need to know that bit of child law to advise on that. Actually, this child is of this age, I need that bit of area of law there. Oh, wait, this involves a bit of GDPR with the school, I need to know information law, I need to know copyright law. So actually, yeah, completely agree. And I think Eco, you you agree as well it's just it's one of the best things I think about this training contract definitely and also yeah you, like I said earlier you are exposed to different specialisms instead of you know being in this sort of big faceless corporate company if I've got a GDPR query I can contact the information lawyer I can yeah. contact the housing lawyer and I know who these people are because I see them day to day And now a short message from our podcast sponsor, the University of Law. The University of Law offers a range of undergraduate and postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students advance at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many courses to help students work and study at the same time. Find out more about studying at the University of Law with the link in the podcast description. And both of you very kindly produced articles for Law Quiznet detailing your kind of day in the life, which are really great. So I put those linked in the description for anybody who wants to go and see more. But I think it'd be really interesting if you could just summarise, if possible, because I imagine it's quite hard to <laughs> summarise um, a typical day. But Beth, if you could start, just some kind of the, uh, give an idea of the tasks and things that, you, that you're doing, just so our listeners can understand what the job actually entails. 
as my article I think goes into there's a real variation so speaking for education law education law is a very broad area of law there's a hell of a lot of legislation and government guidance involved in practicing that type of law and there's a lot of different areas as well within that that practically you'll need to be advising on so as my my article kind of goes into me doing school appeal work once so one minute I might be doing something on school appeals the next minute I could be doing some kind of special educational needs tribunal matter so something very contentious I could then be doing something very non-contentious so we're advising a lot at the moment on the new education white paper and also the new guidance with regards to suspensions and exclusions all of which is very important for our clients and for local schools to know about tasks can range between you do have to do those more menial tasks of booking in council or doing the kind of admin bits that you need to do the attendance notes all of that but actually then last week I was able to go to a hearing because my supervisor wasn't there and I had to conduct the hearing on behalf of the local authority so I get a real variation of work but actually that's why I love it because no two days are the same and you're always learning something new so for me that's that's the breadth and there's so much more I could talk about with education as well but I'll leave it there to avoid going way over (laughs) and Ike what is it like for you in adult social care what's it been like it's been an education for sure (laughs) I'd never obviously experienced that kind of work before given that my background is mainly children's but like Beth there is a a range of things that you can be dealing with in a day for example I could be sort of helping my supervisor with an inquest so sort of briefing counsel and looking over submissions taking client instructions and then in the next second I could get an email like a duty query asking for advice on whether this person is eligible for a financial deputy going through all the paperwork and that's required to make that application then I could be asked to advise on a deprivation of liberty um, is this person under constant supervision and control like you know what do we need to do what what can we legally do in this situation so yeah it, it changes minute to minute and obviously you've just got to keep that flexibility and be on your toes and learn to learn to prioritize what's important but it's all very exciting and no two days are the same which which I love I love the variety and it sounds like a lot of problem solving which you said at the beginning is your forte so imagine you're kind of fighting of flies solving. every day <laughs> <laughs> fighting flies with the with a lot of help at the moment <laughs> I have come a long way I think that's one thing obviously everyone it's important to remember when you're training you're never ever going to know everything and because these areas of law are so big you know our supervisors have been doing it for sort of 15 20 years so of course things are at the tip of their tongue and you know at the forefront of their mind but I will say the achievement you get when you're able to answer a query by yourself is first time it gives you the sort of energy to keep going and luckily we have lots and lots of encouragement for that so And we've spoken a bit already about some of the advantages of pursuing this kind of career route instead of going into private practice. So are there any other advantages that you want to highlight for going in-house or especially in local government? Obviously, the, the breadth of work flexibility and also I the other thing I'd like to highlight that is people have got political sort of you know if you've got that sort of interest I'd say that local government is a unique work a unique working environment in that respect because you've also got always have to have to have in the back of your mind that when you're giving advice to a particular client department whether it is children's uh, social care adult social care these are all sort of big issues socially and nationally you also have to have in the back of your mind the political element of the role which I think makes it quite 
different to private practice and also in an interesting way that you've always got to have that in the back of your mind and consider that in light of the advice that you give to the clients so I would put that forward as another good advantage you know a good reason to come and work for us That's super interesting. So I guess when you go into private practice, a lot of it is like commercial awareness. But I guess for you guys, it's almost like political awareness because yes. that's going to have a big impact on the advice that you're giving and what you what you're doing. So 100%. yeah, that's super interesting. Actually, I can see that difference there. And Beth, is there anything to add? And on the flip side, are there any kind of challenges that you would want to highlight or, or flag uh, to this route as well? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the political environment. I completely agree with Eco. Is of man- as you know a magnificent benefit as a solicitor in all different fields. You have to be able to meet your clients' needs. So actually the political side, you have to be able to meet your client's political needs Mm. when you're advising. So that's, that's, it can be an advantage and a disadvantage in that sense, because you have to be very aware, you have to be very considered, you don't, you don't want to say the wrong thing as such. No, another disadvantage which we don't really like to talk about, but we probably better mention is the pay side of things. And, you know, Eco and I have actually been talking about this and as much as pay is potentially a disadvantage in the sense that you know if if you're comparing us to a trainee at a magic or silver circle firm then the pay is you know we can't compare it but actually as a trainee or a junior lawyer the pay is somewhat comparable as you progress the gap may widen slightly between local government and private practice depending on your local government as well so that is something to consider but then on the flip side you do get all of those benefits that you wouldn't get in private practice you know we were saying about the the pension that you get when you work in local government is fantastic you get so many other benefits whether that's flexi time whether that's your enhanced annual leave you know whatever it is there is that other side to it which people don't quite see and and you know it depends we were saying as well it depends what motivates you it's does does pay solely motivate you is that your real motivator or is it you know a fulfillment in your work and actually a pay you can live on exactly Uh, and I think for us, speaking for me, but I think also probably speaking for Eco, yeah. it is that sense of fulfillment we get out of our work that drives us to do this. And, you know, the pay isn't bad. We're not, <laughs> you know, yeah. we are living on it. So yes. we're, we're coping. But I think it is worth just mentioning that to anyone that is considering this route. It is something to consider. Thank you so much for being honest about that. I think that's really important to flag. But also, as you said, it's all about what motivates you. And, you know, the, the thing is working working at, you know, an American firm or, you know, a silver circle, magic circle firm isn't for everybody. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole, you know, it's just weighing up what's important to you, what motivates you, what kind of career you want to have, what kind of working environment you want to work exactly. in. So there's a whole host of things that you need to think about. And, and pay is just kind of one of those. Mm. So that's definitely really helpful, I think, for everyone to understand that. So thank you. Is there any other reasons why you would recommend this career path to others? Beth, have you got anything else on your list of selling, yeah. selling your, your career? <laughs> I definitely, definitely have. Um, I mean, I think we've already spoken about some of the main advantages. I think for me as well, it's that opportunity to get involved in the really nitty gritty frontline community legal work that you just wouldn't be able to do, in my opinion, in private practice. I know in private practice, you, you do have that first hand experience with individual people and you're advising them on whatever it is. But actually, Actually, when it comes to local government and the advice you need to give there and the people that you're dealing with, you have to be sensitive, you have to be aware, you have to be knowledgeable, you have to be careful. And I think that's a real advantage. I think it makes you a really passionate, compassionate, good, holistic lawyer. And I think that's what lawyers in my opinion, should be. I think that you get that fantastic hands-on experience. You are 
you know, you're supported, but you're thrown in with those deep issues. And you're aware from the outset that the issues you're dealing with are going to be difficult. You're aware of that. But that's actually why we are. I think we're learning at a very quick rate. I think for me, again, those things were things that motivated me to pick a career in local government over the private practice training contract. And actually, I think as well, that comes in ha- hand in hand with making things happen. You see things happen. I live in Brighton. I've always lived in Brighton, apart from when I went to university in Bristol. And being able to, for example, work on an education matter with a particular school and then go for a walk and see that school and be able to see the changes happening is just, it's a really really unique and really fulfilling feeling that you have been able to make that happen even as a very junior lawyer so for me those are really important considerations to take into account and real advantages when it comes to working in local government that you just wouldn't get elsewhere completely agree agree with Beth I think for me being able to directly see work that you do impact on the local area where you live where you work that's just a feeling that you can't describe especially with my background in children's knowing that you've safeguarded a child from serious and significant harm where else can you get that kind of job satisfaction a lot of the lawyers I've worked with have worked with for local government for a long time and there is a reason for that the the work is ever-changing you know I wouldn't describe it as a place where you can just sort of sit and stagnate you've got Mm. to you know you've got a very demanding client department you've got to always be on the top of your game and you've got to be responsive to their needs and I just think overall it's it's a great place to work. I wanted to ask a bit about what the kind of work of a qualified solicitor looks like in this area so once you've completed your training contract what are the kind of next steps? I suppose it's quite difficult because we're not qualified yet (laughs) very very soon. I think it kind of mirrors the stuff that we've said you know that all the stuff that we've outlined that we're doing now but obviously we just won't have the super you know the supervision will be out there on our own although I still think that they would give us a lot of support yeah I mean our employers well as as I said we can only speak for our current employers but they have been very open with us from the start about you know if there's a vacancy in an area that we're interested in they will do their best to keep us on but obviously that just depends on everything and being so I guess being a public sector worker, you are sort of also at the mercy of the government in, in that regard as well. But obviously, yeah, if, if there was a place for us in, in an area that I want to qualify in, yeah, it's definitely something I'd look into. There's a lawyer recently, for example, and I know we've, we've touched on the fact that you can go between areas in local government. For example, there was a lawyer in our childcare team who's been doing childcare for about 20 years, I believe. And recently she decided that actually she'd like to try contracts work. And as Eco said earlier, she wasn't punished for it. She was encouraged to do it. It was, you know, her choice to do that. And I think that's one thing that you wouldn't get necessarily get in private practice and is one thing you definitely would get in local government when you're qualified so yeah I I think that's just another thing to consider if if it is a consideration for you. I imagine that a lot of people listening to this might be thinking that this sounds interesting but I'm sure they would perhaps want to get some work experience um, (laughs) to discover you know how things work and to kind of work out if it's right for them. So Beth do you know of any ways that students can find opportunities to either get work experience or also just to find the opportunities to, to, to train in local government as well yes so I'm aware of a couple so there are some specific organizations out there tailored towards local government and information about local government so for example if you are listening and you're interested
interested, you might like to have a look at a couple of organisations. There's Local Government Lawyer and there's also Lawyers in Local Government, which offer some work experience opportunities. And I think it's just about doing your research to find out what's out there. Contact your local authority, see if they've got a legal department, see if you'd be able to just do some work experience there. I think the other thing with this, and this is my real bugbear, is that I think there's a real lack of information out there about local government. And this is one of the reasons why Eco and I are really pushing this, because actually when it came down to us doing preparation for training contract interviews or even looking at what contract opportunities there were, there was just a real lack of information out there about local government training in comparison to the absolute mountains of information about private practice. So from the stuff that we're doing as well, I'd say, you know, we've got our lawcareers.net articles. We're also doing some work with University of Law. So do keep an eye out for that. But I think the key thing is do your research, look at those different organisations. And actually, I think in addition to that, I think I would really advise to do some work experience that isn't local government. Make sure you do that because you can then make that personal comparison between your time in private practice or whatever it is an NGO with local government you can inform your decision and then you'll be fully aware of what you want to do next so don't just focus on local government make sure you do a real breadth of stuff but have a look at those organizations as well have a look at those tailored pieces of information as well that's great advice because obviously that's what happened with you you did your your experience in private practice and that's often what work experience is for it's not always working if that's where you want to be it's kind of crossing off things well so giving you that comparison I would just add with that if you can't get any work experience in your local council I know that Beth did sort of work with CAB I would also recommend doing sort of local government adjacent work so things like CAB things like shelter just to sort of dip your toe in and see what work is sort of like and yeah definitely LinkedIn look for lawyers for local government we had we've actually had a new member of staff who did sort of a week's internship online mm. and has actually just got a job with us as a result of that so yeah def- I would definitely echo lawyers in local government uh, as, a, as a resource to look for hopefully this will uh, this podcast episode will serve as a, a resource for people <laughs> hope as, so as well. yeah. <laughs> you can always write more articles for law careers net about <laughs> we welcome that definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> just kind of finishing up a little bit, just to think about the skills that students or future lawyers need to develop in order to succeed in this area. And I guess just kind of, you know, we've spoken about all these differences and I wonder if it's just worth highlighting the kind of different skills you might need for this, this area, as opposed to go to private practice. And I'm just imagining off the top of my head, things like emotional intelligence might, might be <laughs> one of them. So Eco, what's on your list of top skills to work out and demonstrate if going into this training contract? Do you know, Beth, I think this is actually one area where the local government and private practice are the same. I think when Beth and I were sort of starting this whole thing of actually want to encourage people to come into local government, we seemed to encounter this misconception that, you know, somehow local government was the easy option and, you know, they're not really lawyers, you know, they don't do as much work, they're not billing, etc. But actually, we've all done law degrees. We've all done the LPC or SQE and we've all got it. We've all got to go through a training contract. The skills needed, I think, are the same, subject to a few differences, 
but you know both need to learn to sort of read a load of documents and pick out the salient facts we both need to know how to communicate with people whether that's our client department or lay people we all need to have emotional intelligence so actually I think it's one area where the, the skills are the same I don't think there's any difference in somebody who's completed their training contract in local government and then wants and then decides actually I want to go into private practice I don't think that you would be looked down on in any way because the skills you need are the same and we've all gone through the same process yeah I would agree I would I completely echo eco sentiments actually I think there is a massive misconception I mean I think when you go throughout your training contract you'll use those skills that we've all learned through the LPC all learned through the degree and you'll just tailor them to the needs of your local government I think there is that that key thing to remember is our client is an internal client it's not necessarily going to be individual members of the public like you might be getting in private practice so you do have to tailor your approach to a client in local government as opposed to an individual but then again you are dealing with very vulnerable members of society who you may have to deal with on a personal basis and I think it's just being very aware of that it's just being as you said emotional intelligence in that sense it's just being creative in your approach it's being sensible it's being robust and it's also I think the thing with local government is that you can get a lot of different work firing at you from different angles. You can get that with private practice as well. But with local government, you can get it in the sense that you've got a lot of difficult things coming at you. And I think it's that ability to be able to say to a professional client department, actually, I need time to deal with this. Or actually, you need to go and speak to so-and-so about this. You know, I'm not the right person to do that. And it can actually be, in some senses, harder to do that with a professional client department than an individual person. And that's a skill that you hope it comes with a lot of confidence and it comes with communication but I think that's a real benefit of working in local government because you have to deal with a hell of a lot of people whether that's an entire (laughs) client department or an individual person so um, yeah I think you know you'll tailor the skills that we all have as lawyers as you go through your training contract and you go through your practice but in essence they are pretty much exactly the same we're all competent lawyers so yeah (laughs) That's good to hear. <laughs> and, and very interesting, actually, that idea of, you know, the boundary between client and colleague, you know, it's a little bit thinner when working in house. I guess that's something, you know, to pick up on and be aware of going into. It. I think that's super, super interesting. Thank you for mentioning. Just finally, I'd like to ask if you have any tips for listeners, whether that's on gaining work experience, which I think we might have already covered a bit, but also applications, you know, what made your training contract application successful, do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing I will always, say to people that ask me for advice personally is inform your decisions make sure you've got reasons for your answers for me that was my approach to this was that when I came out of university I wasn't fully sure at that point whether I wanted to be a solicitor whether I wanted to be a barrister I knew I wanted to be a lawyer I just didn't know how to get there a lot of my friends were going to the city and it just didn't feel right for me so I knew that I had to do something to work that out and I think the my approach was you know slightly different to a lot of my colleagues who knew what they were doing and they just went straight for it I tried a lot of different things I paralegaled in uh, in private practice doing private client doing litigations doing contentious non-contentious work I volunteered for the public sector at citizens advice I volunteered for this national council for civil liberties doing human rights work and in combination I was then able to know 
what type of organization I wanted to work for, what type of work I was interested in. And when I came to writing my training contract applications, I could put the reasons why and I could justify them with examples. I think that's a really top tip because they will ask you, well, why didn't you want to go to private practice? Well, why didn't you want to go to the bar? You can explain it and you can explain it with confidence. So personally, I would that's how I'd do it. And I think as Eco said earlier, my experiences at organizations like Citizens Advice in Brighton, and obviously now I practice in Brighton, I was made very aware of my local community. I know all the types of organizations that are out there helping people. And I'm able to use that knowledge now to inform a lot of the advice work that I'm providing. So I think just be very aware, be very aware of the local community, do your research and get as much experience as possible in different areas, because no experience is bad experience and you can really inform your choices. Um, I think if specifically for local government, I think they want to know why you want to come into the public sector. Why why do you want mm. to go into local government? So I would definitely recommend just, you know, sort of thinking and pondering, like, what is the answer to that question? And working out how to articulate it on paper is, is a very, I think, important thing. As well, when you get to the interview stage, really sort of bring out your personality. They want to know if they can imagine you working with them for the next two years and whether you're teachable, whether you show enthusiasm. I think that's quite important and I think just the same as with any sort of training contract application I think just really being being introspect and thinking carefully about how you answer the questions I was talking to Beth earlier actually about this and I said I only started to get successful applicant you know interviews and successful applications when I really sort of went introspect and started thinking carefully about what I put and showing that I had that my answers were sort of considered and thoughtful mm. and really highlighted why I wanted this opportunity and why I felt that my skill set matched the job description and why in in essence I thought I was the best person for the job yeah so I think you know that's probably echoed everywhere but I you know it's it was the reality for me anyway great you both really emphasize you know what we always say at law career isn't it but I think you've kind of highlighted it here that importance of self-awareness of research of work experience and then kind of being able to, to to link it and be authentic and true to yourself on the application form so thank you so much for your advice and thank you very much for talking today with me today it's been so interesting hearing all about your careers and, and your tips and your advice and I think this is going to be a really great episode for our listeners on a kind of slightly different career path maybe they hadn't first considered so thank you very much thank you thank you for having us yeah really appreciate it thank you Thanks to Eco and Beth for that conversation. It was great to hear about their careers so far and their advice for others who might like to consider following in their footsteps. You can read their LCN Says articles on Law Careers Net where they share a breakdown of their daily tasks if you're interested in finding out a little bit more. That's all for us this month. We'll be back soon with another Practice Area Profile episode, so look out for that and we'll see you next time. <laughs>